0: Hi, I'm Forrest Griffin. Brian Caraway. And Lisa Bates. What's
1: up, guys? This is Joseph Benavides, UFC flyweight.
2: Hi, this is Greg Jackson, and you're listening to it's MMA Zing, and that is an amazing pun. Get
0: it? Like MMA, but amazing. Amazing radio.
1: Welcome to It's Amazing Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Law. With me, as always, DJ Mark. What's up? I really swallowed your, the, the the K part of DJ Mark right there. It was impressive. Also joining me this week, the legend himself, Lavender Gooms. Uh, Dominicans eat their asses all the time, so it's par for the course. Uh, good evening, guys. How are you doing? Doing great, because we know what day tomorrow is, Mike. And there's only one thing you need to say at the beginning here. Yes, actually, I'm glad you bring that up. And I
0: don't want to go into a lot of detail on this, but I will not be wishing you a happy Independence Day tomorrow. And you know why? Because that happened on May 20th. Look it up. The first declaration of independence in this country happened May 20th in Mecklenburg, North Carolina. But we did and also, adopt. Also, hold on. Hold on. One other thing. Look this up, guys, for later on. Also. A lot of the language, there's a little Tommy J. Jefferson uh, plagiarized a lot of that first declaration. I'm just saying, not only is he a
1: slave owner, also a plagiarist. Man, just, I'm surprised I don't see a sickle and hammer on Mike's fucking t-shirt, goddamn commie. Happy goddamn (laughs) 4th of July, everybody, celebrating the adoption of the Declaration of Independence July 4th, 1776. Granted, we were declaring our independence for like a good like stretch there. But, you know, we decided July 4th is the day where we eat hot dogs and burgers and blow some shit up and scare everybody's dog.
2: I was going to say, we're 90s kids. This is Independence Day came out on Independence yeah. Day. Well, what a that's marketing the, that's campaign. the Independence what, what a Day we're celebrating. Alive.
1: President <laughs> Andrew so- – what was his name in the movie? President no. –
2: President Bill Pullman. That's yeah, Bill Pullman is the
1: actor. But it was President Something saved us from all the fucking aliens. Okay? He gave a great
2: speech. We gave it a cold. It was good times.
1: G- Goldbloom, Will Smith, homeboy from Taxi, and Bill Pullman saved America. And Randy Quaid. But we don't talk about Randy Quaid. He's a little crazy. All right? A little crazy. Um,
0: hey, don't forget that one dude that got himself some poom poom by saying, hey, the world's about to end. A plus line.
1: That's just I mean, that man has the right priorities.
0: Oh, just one quick thing. Also, happy international drop a rock day. Happy national compliment your mirror day. And for you Latinos out there, happy national eat your beans day.
1: I mean, those oh I mean, that's that's a lot of days. <laughs> I, <laughs> lived with you, of I live line. with you, Mike. I live with you, Mike. I went to the grocery store with you, Mike. I mean, I mean, maybe in 2023 we don't want to rem- remember uh, admit this, but Goya had a real section of our pantry <laughs> back in, in Syracuse.
0: I mean, she has a
1: Providence section of our pantry today. Yeah, man, they can be racist all they want. They give a good, they give, they make good beans. huh? <laughs> uh, wait, what? <laughs> wouldn't, wouldn't, didn't homeboy support the? Nah, president? I'll, I'll, yeah. I don't want to know. You don't want to know. Mike doesn't want to know. know. No, Fair okay. enough. I don't want to know.
2: Better ignorance is bliss. Here we go. I mean, That's Mike true. now,
1: Mike has to live with the world now where he knows what an edge lord is. That's a little peek into the pre uh, pre podcast conversation. Well, I've learned
0: ex- I've learned what an edge lord is, and it's not what I thought. Exactly.
1: All right, boys and girls, um, this is International Fight Week. So, a um, ploy by the people uh, by the city of Las Vegas to try to up their tourism in July. Apparently, it's the thing that was struggling, and this was about ten years ago. I'm talking about here. Um, I'm sure, Mark, it had something to do with the fact that it's 116 fucking degrees in Vegas in July, that the tourism was suffering. (laughs) Sure, sure. Um, so the UFC did this together, it was really something the city of Las Vegas appreciated because there's all these events surrounding it, they got, like, this Fan Expo thing. It's like a bullshit version of what WWF does with WrestleMania, we're being honest with ourselves. Like, a Mm low-rent version of that. Um, we aren't at the point yet where other promotions do events in, at the same time. I don't think, I think a handful do, but, uh, I think the UFC also boxes them all out of the city because why wouldn't you? Um, but International Fight Week traditionally a huge card for the UFC. We were promised John Jones versus Stipe Miosic, but that fight didn't happen because, Mike, why?
0: I'm going to assume it's one of the times that John Jones either hit a woman, uh, got busted for some Oh, you're, you're overthinking this. No, cocaine. this week. This time.
1: Why aren't we getting John Jones versus Stipe this time? You know why. Oh, this time? Yeah. Uh, money correct the mundo money um yeah so instead we still get a pretty fucking loaded card mark we got ourselves two title fights and a contender fight which i think you and i have said or three of us have said that is our expectation for a pay-per-view two championship fights and a contender fight um yeah no it's
2: solid it's solid all around this is this is worth money they, they're putting
1: out a product this week so i can appreciate that and the prelims were looking pretty stacked we lost a little we lost a big one honestly um I was very excited for Sean Brady versus Jack Della Modena. That was going to be mm-hmm. It was going to be a real nut cutting time for Jack, quite frankly. Not that Jack hasn't been good, but Jack is putting people away and like every one of these have been in the first round if I'm not mistaken, guys. Um as I quickly check. But yeah, 4-0 in the uh 4 in the UFC 5 uh, with four first round knockouts. Um granted, none of these people are very good. Or that's not fair. None of these people are on the level of yep. Sean Brady. So. Right. And instead, Sean got himself some sort of septic bursitis, which sounds like, sounds bad. Um, hopefully he's going to be okay. But instead, we got Jack taking on, on short notice, very short notice, um young man named Josiah Harrell, who, um, Mike, it's kind of rare these days. Because um, you know, you used to live with me. We used to watch like the HDNet fights or whatever was on on Fridays before the UFC had a million cards. So when a guy got into the UFC sometimes from one of those fight, fight promotions, we kind of knew who they were. Hasn't been that case in a while. This guy I know because he double-legged a motherfucker through the cage door at LFA. And you don't forget that and the nickname Muscle Hamster. So um, we'll see, though. Jack is – it's a better chance of – I think I might have better odds against Jack than this guy. It's that bad. But we'll get into that. Um, first, we're going to talk a little bit of fight news. And before that, though, we're going to talk about the ch- – what I'm referring to as an embarrassing product the UFC put on TV this past Saturday. Mark feels a little differently because I think Mark feels why was this different than the other ones? And I think you might be right, Mark, in that feeling. I just might have years of all the Apex stuff might have gotten to me finally. But (laughs) sure, uh, getting into it real quickly, um, Sean Strickland fought a guy without a Wikipedia page um, who was a very live dog. And for three minutes, it appeared that the betting community might have known something with how live of a dog he was, Mark. The problem was, after three minutes, my man had no energy. And uh, when the second round started, he had somehow less than zero energy and uh, a lot of straight punches, and he was done pretty quickly after that. Uh, what do you get out of Sean Strickland? I was impressed he came back from adversity. I'll say that. Um, but beyond that, I'm not sure what to say about this fight.
2: Uh, yeah, I mean, leading into it, you know, the question was like, who is this guy? Why is he getting this opportunity? You know, Sean Strickland, you know, love him or hate him, how he fights, his personality outside the cage, he has kind of asserted himself as a quasi-contender, right? Someone who has been kind of hovering in the wings of getting a potential title shot. And, you know, he's fighting a, a relatively unknown fighter a, as a main event, a guy who isn't ranked. So there's a lot of questions about like the you know, is this a legitimate, you know, kind of main event fight? And it was really, you know, up to magna Medov to kind of prove himself and He, he showed that like, yeah, he's, he can kick hard. He poked Sean in the eye real good early on that, you know, to you know, yeah. (laughs) Stop for like four minutes. Um, but yeah, it was, it was just a really a fight where, you know, you know, he just, he exerted himself. He was throwing a lot of really hard kicks quickly. Um, and the gas tank wasn't there and, you know, towards the end of the round, Sean, you know, lost that first round fairly significantly. Um, but towards the end you saw the momentum shift and then in the second round um Abbas had nothing like you and you could tell i mean the one thing i will say about the event as a whole and we talked about it earlier Bobby I, i've been more and more impressed with the booth um and you mentioned uh, Laura Senko she's like, so I haven't good heard, uh-huh. yeah i haven't i haven't heard her do commentary a lot cuz she's doing these smaller cards which I, there's like maybe one fight i'm interested in and sometimes i'll listen to it without commentary but I really did appreciate the two fights I did watch here. Like, I think the booth was was doing a really good job. And you could tell in the second round, uh, Magnum Madoff was looking at the clock the whole time. He was so gassed. And then Sean just, you know,
1: went after him and, and finished the fight as he should. What, was, what, like, did said what, what, him, what did Curtis say to him, buddy? What did Chris Curtis say to him? They were saying Chris Curtis said something like, oh, Chris yeah, Curtis found oh, no. It seems to have found something. He told Sean to do so. Yeah. I think he just don't throw three punches, though. Like... I mean it was probably just like this
2: dude is he blew his y.
1: Yeah, he has nothing <laughs> left. And, and and that was fairly obvious cuz when
2: you're looking at the second round he you saw him constantly look at the clock cuz he's exhausted um and you know he's taking his eyes off his opponent and and Sean is a good enough striker that he's going to be able to capitalize on someone who's exhausted and fatigued and distracted. So it was this it was a fight where it's like man, we didn't really learn much you know it was a big opportunity for this guy to really make a name but it seemed unwarranted leading into it. And ultimately, the result was kind of what we expected. Um, the only, One takeaway I would say is, like, you know, Sean, Sean's style, I don't feel defends particularly well against kicks. And I know that, you know, he wants to fight Izzy. And I feel like, well, Izzy's really going to, I mean, one, he's not going to just, like, power blast his kicks. I think he's going to be able to set them up. He's such a more elegant striker than what we saw here. But it's just the Philly shell doesn't have, a great way of defending all the different points that he would get attacked with a guy like Izzy. So it was kind of like, you know, if we saw a very rudimentary kick game and, you know, push kicks were landing pretty good for him. He got, you know, a head kick landed, but it was just at the tip of the foot. So it didn't do a lot of damage. You know, I do wonder, you know, with a guy like Izzy, who's going to be able to set up those strikes. And we saw it when he fought Alex, you know, a really seasoned striker is going to be able to catch him on feints. And, you know, I, I've always appreciated Sean and his style because not a lot of guys will adopt the Philly shell style because it is kind of difficult for MMA because you do use a lot of shoulder rolling, you use a lot of head movement. And if you bite on a feint the wrong way, you could lean into a head kick or a punch. Um, it, it's it's a unique style that he's been able to adopt and be fairly successful, but I think we're seeing like with these high-end guys – there are some deficiencies that you can get away with boxing because you only have to worry about the hands. You can do a lot with the shoulder rolls um, and, you know, the high-hand high hand guard and the low-hand guard for
1: snapping jabs. I, but honestly, just, um, Mike, you tell me if you feel differently here. I think Sean Strickland has an inflated ranking because I don't think – if I'm not mistaken, Sean Strickland hasn't beat anybody in the – I don't think he's beaten anybody in the top – he's beaten zero people in the top five for sure. I'm trying to figure out that when he won that split over Jack Hermanson, if Jack Hermanson was like in the top 10, I'm assuming. I don't think this guy can. I don't think he has anything for Izzy. I don't think he has anything for Bobby Knuckles. He does not play defense. I mean, he's not um, as bad. It's not as bad as Drickus. We're gonna talk about Drickus, who plays zero defense. I, mean, I know I don't like him, and it's very clear I don't like him. I don't think anybody likes yes. him, actually. He seems like a garbage person. But do you really think he has anything for anybody at the top of this weight class? To answer your question, I think Hermanson
0: was ranked maybe Uriah Hall in 2021. Um, in, the, in the top when, 10. When he beat him was in the top 10 or mm-hmm. at least had a maybe at least top 15. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll give him perhaps that he's beaten two, I guess if you want to call them ranked opponents. But I don't think that's what you're referring to. I think you're referring to people who are in the higher echelons, top five, maybe top eight. Mm-hmm. If we wanted to be uh, a, a bit more lenient, uh, no. He hasn't beaten anyone like that. The two people who were firmly in uh, in the top five when, when he fought him, Cannoneer and Perea, he he lost. I mean, it was a close fight against uh, Cannoneer, but he still lost that fight. Um, is his ranking inflated? I don't think it is. I think it's right where it should be because he's not in the top 5
1: he's, no, he's a guy
0: who not that's what I'm, that's what I'm saying he's, oh, okay, he's my not bad. in the top <laughs> okay um he's not in the top 5 and the reason why he's not is because he's had outside of those two losses um last year he's beaten a lot of guys not necessarily the best of guys but guys and you do have to give him some credit for that so I don't think he's overranked. I think he's properly ranked.
1: Okay. Do we think? I think they'd love to get him in a title fight.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I think they would because they think his edge lord bullshit will sell. Which I don't know, man. I feel the fact that Colby Covington couldn't sell previews probably give us give us a sign as to people can tell when this bullshit is forced. But well. I, I think Bobby that unlike Colby, I
0: think they think that um, Strickland can have the people come
1: to his fights. I mean, they just put him in front of twelve people. What? Uh, personally, I, I mean, personally for me,
2: it's just Izzy's ran court, right? Like, I think I think we're gonna talk about uh, Chris and Whitaker, and I think New Blood is the ultimate thing that i'm interested in seeing him because he's everyone he's fought and already he's demolished right there really hasn't been i mean you could talk about whitaker some of those fights were closer but we've talked about in the past at least my personal feeling, they weren't super compelling to me that i'm interested in watching them again now like is a strickland fight gonna be more compelling oh hell no this is that's a that's a
1: slaughter yeah yeah. For I mean, entertainment's sake, be... there's a couple... We'll talk about it when we get to Drickus. There's a couple options here where he's just going to style on a motherfucker and it'll be cool to watch. Right. Mm-hmm. And honestly, yeah, and
2: that's kind of it. I mean, honestly, that's kind of it. I would, I would love a valid contender to to reemerge. Um, but even when you look at, you know, Jared Cannoneer, who had a great performance a couple weeks ago and has kind of solidified himself as maybe getting another rematch, I still don't think that fight is going to... I mean, I think he could approach it differently and we might get a different result, but I still think Izzy's the better fighter there. It's just... He, Izzy's in a really difficult position where he doesn't have that foil unless we're going to talk about Whitaker and we're, we'll see what happens this weekend, right? I mean, that that story can change. Whitaker looks phenomenal this weekend.
1: Personally, I, I don't know what he would have to do Marcus, to get me like I, I think interested. if after Whitaker puts out DDP here, because mm-hmm. I'm going to put it right there, I'd be, I, I'll, the only way Robert Whitaker loses this fight this weekend is some weird shit happens. Like, some weird mm. shit has to—Drickus has to pull off some bullshit because he plays zero defense. There's none. No, no, no. defense. At all. Um, Robert
0: Whitaker, minus 400 favorites. Yeah, that, is, S- a, that is a good line.
1: That is an accurate line. Um, Marcus, I think—go back and watch the second one with Izzy and Robert Whitaker. I don't think you remember it. I don't think you remember I mean, it well. I just, It was, I was a very close fight. Being, it was close, but I just
2: wasn't captivated. Like I just wasn't – that. I just think I think Izzy won and – I mean that's the thing. It's like look, my personal opinion aside, you know, I just – I'm saying it's going to happen. I'm saying of, that fight's happening. I'm saying you might as well get on it's board happen. <laughs> I won't I and I probably won't get excited for it and I would love to be surprised. I would love for them to have a third fight where they really went – because I think if I remember, maybe I'll watch it again. I probably won't. Um, but if it – what I remember is it was a tactical fight, right? It was very close. They both landed some decent shots. There was a lot of close rounds. But like it wasn't – I didn't find it captivating in the manner that like i really thought izzy was close to losing or i you know i thought whitaker asserted himself better but like it didn't that fight didn't take on nuances that made me like surprised or excited it was just like this is close you know maybe if the judges see it one way or the other um and you know seeing it a third time just doesn't excite me you know so i mean that's just my personal opinion and it's weird because like do i rather would i rather see him just starch a couple guys it's like kind of i kind of just want to see fun knockouts at the end of the day um i mean ultimately I would, lo- I would love to see him challenged but we just haven't seen that so i just
1: think that's the only guy that's, it. that's alex, the, like I, alex is 230 pounds
2: good. no i know but i like but th- that those were the fights that were like those i found captivating right because they got finishes well do you know what it is um, man
1: like because like we, we talk about jared Cannonier when jared Cannonier won last was the last week or week before jared Cannonier put mm-hmm. it on, um, there's too many fights, Murray, I don't remember. Bittori. Yeah, sure, he beat, He's put Bittori. it on, he beat his ass. And we said, man, he finally fighting like Jared Canoneer back again, right? Mm-hmm. That's how you gotta fight Izzy, and there are a couple ways it can go, and one of the, and you saw both of them with Alex Pereira, like, sure. you go get him, you might get him, or the most technical counter-striker in this fucking weight class, and the fucking one probably more technical than Anderson Silva even was, will put you to sleep. And some mm-hmm. people don't want to risk getting knocked out. Sean Strickland's a fucking idiot. He will happily take that chance, okay? Right. Drick is, I watched a countdown show. He's like, we're proven that you don't need to go anywhere. You can just train together and we will. We can win a championship. I'm like, oh, he's an idiot too. All right, he's getting knocked out also by Izzy Adesanya. Like, mm-hmm. Robert Whitaker's not going to fight like that because Rob Whitaker did get knocked out the yeah. first one. And the second one, he's like, I can fight much smarter against this guy. Granted, you're right, it was a tactical fight. And I'm not saying it is the most exciting matchup ever, but is he losing would be pretty interesting i'm not as interesting as it was you know we've already seen it now him lose the belt but right these yeah, are the two best middleweights in the world and i think there's a giant gap a ultimately, massive massive gap in my opinion <laughs> ultimately that's
2: kind of what it comes down to. yeah i think those two are the best in the division and they probably should fight again um you know given that it it was the second fight was really close but it's just like on a on a personal level no i get it yeah <laughs> yeah it's hard to get excited and um but it it's no one's fault like the, these guys are all doing exactly what they have to do to further their career and you know make sure they're holding belts and getting wins and and advancing um it's just tough to sell when you and, and that's in any division in any division you have a dominant champion that it, it just gets stale after a while when they start lapping right
1: yeah so um other fight we were not mentioning on this card um Demir Ismagulov, my dude Ismagulov, taking on Grant Dawson. I think we kind of called this fight pretty well where we're like, all right, well, if Ismagulov stops him from taking him down, he's going to beat his ass. If he gets taken down, well, he's in trouble. Um, Grant Dawson took him down. And props to Ismagulov for being like, this guy had his back for like minutes on end and Ismagulov defended. The whole time
2: was like 12 minutes. And it
1: was like it wasn't just like he was on top. He had his back. And Ismagulov defended very well, like very very well. Um, he still lost. I think it was a 30-26 maybe. I think it was one of those I was I, was I was surprised they gave a lot of I,
2: I, at the end of the first round I was thinking like that could have been a 10-8 round. Because it was so dominant, and at one point he did get on top and started – because, I mean, it was mostly control. He was trying to go for a choke having his back, I think you, you got to go – I think the
1: choke would be the reason to give it to him. You have to get close on a submission
2: and well, feel. He, I mean. But, but he, he he started grounding pounding towards mm. the end. Like he put, he, he put some hurt on, and at that point I was like, maybe 10-8. And I was like, I don't know. That seems a little severe for three. I mean we're giving out 10-8s a little bit more quickly now, which go I think one isn't disaccurate. Yeah, and then it, w- it was weird because they, you know, everyone gives you like their little scorecards in-, in between the rounds, and a lot of people gave them 10 8s. And I was like, okay, I don't think that's unfair, but it was definitely skirting that line kind of So,
1: Yeah, I thought, honestly, personally, I was just like, man, I don't know. I didn't think necessarily a 10 8 in right. any of the I- rounds just because like the realm, but because I felt it was fairly competitive, like even like a competitive in the sense <laughs> that one guy's got the other guy's back, but like I didn't think at any point, like,
2: I don't know. There- like There was no point where I felt like there was a catch for the choke. There was a lot of – it mostly was like he's absolutely controlling him. And then really what turned it with me is there was probably like a 20, 30-second stretch where he was able to get some good ground and pound and did some decent damage, didn't open up any cuts or anything super major, but was able to to score pretty effectively. And it was it was skirting that line. I was just kind of surprised that the general consensus was a lot of 10-8s. Um, but more to the point, you were right how we analyzed it, but – uh I I had seen Grant Dawson fight before. Obviously, I think this was the most impressive. And the way the way it was it was getting a lot of looks on just like one fantastic entries. The guy's a really good wrestler. He's able to get on those hips and finish those takedowns. You can see a lot of guys shoot and give up when they don't immediately get it. This guy got a double, single, and a body lock takedown. And then his control on top is insane. And I think uh Senko mentioned that he likes the Dagestani style. And like in the first round, like right when he got him down, I was like, oh, this guy really goes after the... D-. And I was like, oh, okay. This is a different realm of grappling. I wasn't thinking like he has this dominant control. And, you know, ultimately the, the fight did lead itself to a familiar pattern where he was able to get the back, get the triangle, and, you know, fight for submission, fight for the rear naked choke that he wasn't able to get. But it was just complete yeah. dominance. And uh, Demir uh,
1: couldn't do anything. He really couldn't stop him. So, so here's so. the problem. Um, and, you know, Mike... This guy goes out there. He's won. He hasn't lost in any UFC fight. He had a draw in there, right? He showed up ten and one or eleven and one. He's not twenty and one. So twenty one and one. So he's nine wins and a draw in the UFCs. His entire thing. Problem with that, I'm imagining, is because nobody watched this shit, or I don't know. Maybe they did. I think it's just I I, I, I didn't. Yeah. Okay. This is a real if a tree falls in the woods type of thing, isn't it, man? Like, this guy's won this many fights in a good weight class. Like, a tough weight class. You know, this is... Is he is he ranked? I mean, I don't think Demir was ranked. This is 155. You have to win, like, 30 fights for anybody to give two shits. Like, unless you're Connor, but I'm looking to see if he's ranked any. If anybody was ranked here. Demir was 12. He was 15. Oh, okay. So he's finally getting somewhere. I don't know, man. Like, what do we go, what do? You, what do you think we do with him? Maybe give him like Jalen Turner, ten Jalen Turner, Turner and Dan Hooker is ten versus eleven. You have the winner of that fight, or maybe like the loser. I don't know. Which works, which works
0: great, considering that those two guys are actually fighting this weekend. But that makes the most logical sense that one of them is going to be right around what his ranking will be. He's probably going to be what twelve or thirteen. Uh, whenever the rankings get updated.
1: And well, what's Moicano up to? He's 13. Wasn't Moikano going to fight and he got hurt or somebody got hurt? Oh,
0: oh no, 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 no. Moikano's a star. He's Moicano. not to be fighting, though. Grant Dawson. Has okay, Moikano Moicano not fought?
1: Moikano cut the greatest promo of his life. All of Madison Square Garden was losing their fucking minds. Has he fought? Honestly, since then? Was that it?
0: I I don't believe he that has. That was it.
1: Yeah, give him Moicano. <laughs> Moicano wants money. He's going to beat up Grant Dawson. <laughs> no, I don't... I don't know, man. I think, like... Hard to make these people a big deal when no when you put them in these in front of twelve people at the apex, and it's just any mm-hmm. it's just adjust another card and then you put them on you know, you want them to be on a pay per view or something you know it's kind but, of tough.
0: Th- but but then at the same time it's it's not like he knocked the dude out so well.
1: Here's what, the thing what what were what were those twelve people really well, jazzed to see at okay, the apex? So this is the problem now, Mike. You didn't see the fight, right? And no. this man put on a fucking grappling clinic against one of the. Against a guy with no losses, except for like a Sarukian. like this guy is so good. Did he beat? And it was a clinic he put on him. And all anybody's going to look is see, oh, this guy got a decision. Okay. Let me let me let me ask you this, as as the voice of the everyman
0: on this podcast. You are not the voice right? of the
1: everyman. I am the voice of the. Everyman. You've been watching this sport okay. for fifteen years almost. You are not the voice of the everyman.
0: Amongst the three of us. Mm-hmm. I am the every man of this podcast, all right? You think I'm out here knowing about no Philly rolling shit? No, 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 no. That's, that's <laughs> Mark's role. You're the host. Oh, I play the role of the ignorant sports fan, okay? Let's stay in our lanes here, okay, buddy? Anyway, what I was going to ask is, I'm sure it was a very dominant grappling performance. If that was in front of 15,000 people, would
1: they have been booing him by the third round? Depends where. Honestly, I don't think they would have been booing. I In don't, think it, was, I don't, I don't think it was... No, I'm saying... I, I don't think it was boring at all, honestly. I don't okay, think it was... again, I think, you don't think it was boring. Dude, I, I can call it a boring fucking fight. I'm telling you it wasn't a boring fight. So, Mark, do you think it was a boring fight, honestly? I think it was... It was It was a tactical fight. It, it was definitely something
2: that... It, it did start to play its role. Like, but, again, like I wasn't bored. Maybe by the third um, round, we'd
1: settled into what was happening.
2: Maybe. Now, again. Now, yeah. again. I'm not... I agree with you guys.
0: Probably, if I watch it, I wouldn't be bored either. I'm sure you two weren't bo- but let's not think like you guys. Let's talk about what makes. Let's not let's not rub our eyes here. Let's think about it for the. This is not a big movie Mike is, We're 27. How do, you, how do you make a star? How do you make a star in the UFC? All right, you haven't beat it's fucking not, good it's not, dude dudes. It's not a strategic wrestling performance that does it. He was going That's for chokes the whole
1: fucking it. time. He just didn't get it you got to be good people to become considered good. First of all, this company hasn't built a fucking star in fucking 15 years, okay? Any star that existed happened on their own accord. You think they built Conor McGregor? No. He did it himself. You think they built any of these? Tell me one of the people they built. They tried to build Sage Northcutt. How did that go? You know? I people succeed in spite of their award. efforts. In spite of their efforts, people succeed in this company. Okay? You think they did a fucking thing for Nate Diaz? You think they did a fucking thing for who else is fucking selling tickets these days? I don't even know anybody. Does anybody sell tickets? You know?
0: ESPN Plus.
1: They didn't want to get they didn't want to get Francis to another title shot. Because what? He had one bad fight? Fuck this guy. Dude, they don't build stars. Whatever. All right, we're half an hour into it. We talked half an hour about a card I wanted to talk 3 minutes about. So here we are. Um <laughs> that's what I was frustrated with. Not your you making an argument you don't believe in. Um Okay. play devils advocate no buddy. no that's no that's that's not true <laughs> there's no such thing there's not needed there's just people need to be accurate great movie. um news um UFC chased Canelo Alvarez away from Mexican Independence Day weekend and I feel more people need to talk about the fact that the UFC I'm gonna say it again chased Canelo Goddamn Alvarez away from Mexican Independence weekend with a card headlined by Valentina Shevchenko and Alexa Grasso on free TV. I'm honestly just impressed, Mike. I'll be honest, just impressed that they did it. Another another white man chasing the Mexican
0: off of his property, like Cortez.
1: I mean, I think Alexa Grasso chased him off. Is so you want to go with that mentality instead? Yeah, I'm I'm going Dana White doing the chasing off. I mean, wow, man, Mike, Mark, what do we say, man? Well done, you. I mean, I'm mean, well done. I guess I don't even know if they gave a shit. I think the UFC is like, oh, it's a big weekend for Mexican people. We'll to put a card on it if it ends early enough. <laughs> sure,
2: it's just weird how they distribute their talent and build these cards because you, you look at this weekend this past weekend this card was really not good it really didn't deliver i don't think they put a lot of thought into it and then you know for for this you know holiday i mean he, this is a pay-per-view esque fight like alexa Grosso versus valentine uh, valentina shinshenko in a rematch where Valentina has been like the the most dominant 125 champion of all time. It seems like it's easy pay-per-view money, and then just to give it away on ESPN. Not even like ABC or a big network deal. It just, it's just like, it's very odd and weird some of the decisions they make. And if it was ultimately because they wanted to, you know piss in Canelo Alvarez's cereal that day and make it tougher for him to sell pay-per-views or something, it seems it seems weird. I, it I, I honestly seems very... don't even
1: know if they even tried to do that as much, because I really think they were just, because they've done it, they've put free cards on the same weekend as Canelo before, and they just, Canelo just, they send the main event out after the UFC's done, which I'm yeah, assuming if this is, is going to be on free what... TV, they maybe weren't going to have it go on at 11 p.m., the main event. Like, I don't know. I don't get entirely yeah. what's going on, because she was just a co-main event to John Jones fight, right? That was what this was. It was Valentina yeah. it was a co main. Valentina and her were co main of the John Jones. Presumably that did well. I think it did. Every I mean, seemed like it was doing what it did well. Is the belief like, okay, now we're gonna let people fight watch the use, watch Alexa fight on free TV? And then like that's gonna make her a pay per view yeah. star next. Like, has any has it, has day, any woman sold any pay per views for this company besides Ronda Rousey?
2: Oh well. Um, I mean, they put Amanda Nunes out there to sell pay-per-views. I no, don't know they how put how a well Amanda
1: is. Nunes out there to die on pay-per-view with these well, these I'm cards. Saying, yeah.
2: <laughs> but I, I mean, at the end of the day, it's like, am I going to complain about a, a fight that is warranted and I want to see, and that it's not uh, on a pay-per-view? I think I think that's great. It's just like we also get that almost every week. And they're not even worth the free admission, right? Like there, there's some there's some cards coming up very soon that we might not even pick fights for or watch because there's Mara really Buena not much. Buena Silva there. versus Holly Holm
1: is a main event.
2: What the? F- and and this was a main event, right? Um, and, and this, this was also like
1: we have a lot of cards where it's just kind of like it it looks like they're just throwing if the words you, on if forward. the letters UFC weren't at the front of this, you would not spend three seconds watching this.
2: Yeah,
0: straight it'd, up, it'd be probably tough, not. So.
1: No, yeah. this is just an LFA card with one fight you recognize. And even then, that's not happening. Sometimes, um, a lot of fights got booked. And we'll talk about them, you know, as they get closer because everything gets canceled anyway. You know, we all get excited for something that's booked and it never mm-hmm. happens. But uh, worth mentioning, Aaron Blanchfield and Talia Santos for some reason is happening in Singapore. But that's a that's fucking cool. sick fight,
0: like great fight. But do do you guys understand why the hell is happening in Singapore?
1: I don't know why it's and happening. Period. I don't know why we aren't just waiting to give Aaron Blanchfield the title shot. Or Talia Santos the title shot at the end of Valentina and Alexis fight, because at the end of that fight, there's another there's, someone needs to fight this winner. Like, and I don't know why we're killing contenders here, because not killing. I mean, Landon Blanchfield's 25 years old or whatever she is, but like, right. I don't know what the, some of their booking. it. we're gonna talk about it in a minute here with like the DDP and Robert Whitaker fight, where I don't know what they book that either. It makes no sense to me. Um, and then Kelvin Gastelum finally gets to go back down to 170, and they're like, cool, fight shaftcat which, People finish Kevin Gastelum? Does that happen a lot? Honest question. I don't think uh, so. I, I, I feel like he's durable. still getting punished for
0: <laughs> him missing
1: weight all those years ago. By 10 pounds? <laughs> that was a rough one. I right,
0: mean, that was pretty bad.
1: I'm trying to look up and see if this guy gets, fi- he's been finished twice by submission. Uh, Hermanson heel hooked him. That was bad. And he yeah, got arm-triangled by Chris Weidman. That Chris Meidman won, which was six years ago. I'm like, this dude is not big enough to be in fucking middleweight. And he's fought for the title, though. Who am I to say? Man, he has such a bad record for such a good fighter. Honestly. Yeah.
0: And
1: then that Curtis fight was close, by the by. I mean, okay. Um. Yeah. Let's talk about UFC 290. Um we're going to change yes, it up a sir. little bit here. We're going to start from the um, prelims. The prelim the not the earliest prelim, but the first prelim, fight, the only prelim fight we're picking, um which is Robbie Lawler and Nico Price. Um Robbie Lawler is coming into this fight as an underdog at +200 to Nico Price's uh +250 or -250. I'm just kind of committed to bet MGM at this point, Mike. That's what I realized. They always have lines for me. It's good enough. Um, last time we saw Robbie Lawler fight, I believe was that Nick Diaz fight. I think. Mm, really? I might be wrong. No he, okay, I was wrong. no, he was fought. He, lo- he lost to Brian Barberina by TKO in the second round. Oh, he's lost. Sure. He's lost five of six fights. Seven of nine. Honestly, once he lost the title. Look, we all know it the way Robbie Lawler was fighting that title fight. That title run was some of the most fun I've had watching title fights, straight up. Mm. But it was going to end badly. And um, Nico Price, on the other hand, has never been in a firefight. You know, there's never been a firefight Nico Price hasn't got himself into, guys. Um, He wins one, he loses one, he wins one, he loses one. That's just what's happening here. He has, uh, I mean, he's got a couple wins over some good people, but he's got some losses over some people he should not be losing to. Um, last one, he got knocked out by Philip Rowe in the third round who Philip Rowe missed weight by two and a half pounds on that one. Um, Mark, um, before we pick, Mm -hmm. man, I think just real quickly, and I know we, we might talk about this more next week, you know, when we're ignoring Holly Holm, uh, Mayra Bueno Silva, things just, guys like Robbie Lawler, we're not going to get people like this anymore, man the dudes who started fighting back in 2002 when there was no money in this sport at all. And they just liked fighting. That's why he did it. He's, I like to fight. He likes to fight people. And the like this career swing, this dude had the number of lives this dude had, like as like the up and coming prospect. And then he fucking flamed out losing to, he got itch, triangled by Evan Tanner, I think. And knocked out by Nick Diaz. That was how it ended in the UFC, I think. Does that sound right? I think the Diaz
2: one I think was early. It was like when he was still on the rise. But yeah, I mean No, yeah, those are back. Those,
1: those were his two fights in UFC on the way out the door. He lost to Nick Diaz by knockout. Then he got triangle choked by I'm now I'm checking. by Evan Tanner at UFC 50. Then he was gone. Jesus, then he just fought on UFC of the, 50. UFC 50, 2004 was when he got triangle choked by Evan Tanner. That was after he got knocked out by Nick Diaz, a fight that uh really made really where started the, the Diaz brother legend. Then he was just he was just fighting everywhere, man. He fought at King of the Cage, Super Brawl, Icon Sport, IFL, Pride. I forgot he fought at Pride. Was it just the one fight? It's just yeah, the I one think fight.
2: One of the U.S. cards. Yeah, to, the last
1: second to last one there. Um, then Elite XC, then Strike Force. and like man, remember when he fell asleep at the press conference? Like sure. Yeah. Like Robbie Lawler didn't give a flying fuck. And then. He's back in the UFC. He wins three straight. Then he's the fucking welterweight champion of the world. He fights in a title fight. He loses a very close fight to Johnny Hendricks. Comes back. Wins two fights. Wins the fucking title. And goes on to have, I think, probably one of the most... like In terms of per-fight entertainment, probably the greatest title run ever. Just in terms of entertainment. Like, those titles... He wins the... He beats Johnny Hendricks. Let's let's also note, he
0: lost that Johnny Hendricks fight, likely to a... Juiced to the gills, Johnny Hendricks.
1: I mean, okay, fair enough. Allegedly. I mean, allegedly. But like, he beat Johnny Hendricks in a fucking classic again. Then he fights Rory McDonald, which remains, I think, the best fight I've ever been to in my life. I think it might be the best fight ever. I don't know. I was We were, we were in the building, Mark, so it's hard to say. <laughs> then he fights Carlos Condit. Like, what? That title reign. That was just, this was all like two, a year and a half stretch there. And he loses the belt. Fucking... I just want to say, man, I love Robbie Lawler. I was so happy when he won that championship. I was like, oh, an old guy won it nine years ago. Um, And if he's done, he's done. And I hope, I wouldn't be surprised if he goes to Bare Knuckle and starts knocking people out. But I don't think he needs the money. So, you know, Robbie, I hope he enjoys his retirement. And he really gave us a lot. So I'm picking Nico Price, by the way. I talk, told you this morning, Mark, or I was like looking for I was talking myself out of picking Robbie Lawler on the way out the door. He's lost five of six. I hope he I hope he wins. I really do. I hope he knocks Nikki Nico Price's head into the third row and you know, starts yelling into the camera and shit. I love I'd be awesome, but I just, you know. Enjoy your retirement, Robbie. That's what I got. Mike, what about you?
0: Um I am not gonna do the nostalgia pick here and uh pick Robbie Lawler. Lawrence. Well, um no, yeah, I know you didn't. But I'm saying this is why I'm not Vicky Robbie Lawler. Um, so I am just gonna talk about um just just very shortly, just Robbie he he provided a lot of entertainment. Um I hearken back to something our former member of this podcast, uh, Steph once said in regards to Robbie Lawler. Actually, it may have been you, Mark. I'm not sure. Um but mentioned that Robbie Lawler's uh, title reign reminded him of uh, Makunochu Ippo's uh, title reign in uh, Hajime no Ippo, where he was the champion, but he just seemed like he was overmatched in every fight. You have no idea how it's going to go. You just know it's going to be a firefight. Sure, absolutely. So Uh, it'll be
1: sad to see him go. Mm Mm-hmm. And you got Nico, right, Mike?
0: Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I'm I'm trying I'm I'm trying to win this year.
1: Yeah, I'm not confident at all that Nico's gonna win this. By the way, I still say, Mark, Nico's finds a way to lose to a lot of people. Um, but who what do, you, what do you what do you got, Mark? Uh, yeah, I mean, the smart money, I think,
2: I think the logically, you, you kind of have to go with Price just because there's there's a little bit less wear and tear there. I mean, obviously, when you talk about the wars that he went uh, defending his belt, those were classic fights, but you have to imagine those have really kind of you know, slow down the longevity. And it does seem like, at least in hindsight, you know, when he fought Nick Diaz in his second to last fight, that maybe should have been where he hung it up. He was able to kind of like close a chapter in his book. Everybody should have got home have been, that night. <laughs> that yeah, fight. it would have been kind of a more elegant way. That being said, his fight with Barbarino, which like I don't super remember, like was a burnt, like a barn. I remember it being a firefight. It, that being an actually really competitive fight. And Nico Price has stylistically a type of matchup that will give Robbie a, you know, a shot here to, to win the, to, to, to potentially, you know, pull off what would be, you know, maybe a minor upset. I'm going to go with Nico because of the wear and tear. And just because of where Robbie's at in his career, you know, I think, you know, the body can only take so much, but I do feel like of all the different types of matchups, this could go in his favor. Like you said, Nico likes to get in a firefight. He likes to have exciting fights too. Robbie is even at this late stage is very durable. He still can take a lot of shots. He can still give a lot of damage. Um, and you know, he still has that power and they kind of say, you know, one of the last things, you know, a fighter loses, you know, you lose the speed pretty quickly as you start to age, but like the power kind of sits there. And it's one thing that he's always had is, you know, he, he, he's maybe a little flat footed. He's not maybe as spry, but he generates a lot of power. And if you're sitting in the pocket with the guy, he can do some stuff. So, uh, it should be a good fight if nothing else, you know, and if this is his last fight, I feel like it's an appropriate matchup. I feel like it gives him a, a shot for, for one last, you know, moment of glory and like you bob i'm I'm kind of rude i mean i like nico price i think he's a great fighter too i think he's very much in the vein of a robbie lawler type fighter um but with the longevity and all the history and again like you said just the way he was able to revitalize his career because when ufc bought strike Force and robbie was there it was just like oh it's just another name he has a little name value some of these new young guns will obviously outpace him and you know he'll get a couple losses and move on to whatever second tier bellator organization and the the way he was able to beat Josh Koscheck, flip the script, become champion was you know a Cinderella story. So like at the end of the day, you know he could he could rest his hat on a, a career well lived and, and accomplishing things that it seemed like he wasn't going to be able to accomplish. But um, yeah, it's you know it's time it's time to pack it in. You know, probably was with the Diaz fight, but hopefully this will be a good send off
1: for him. Yeah, you know we have a special these guys from the you know our formative years of MMA. It's hard not to have a special place in your heart for them in general, and you know. I hope it's good, and I hope he. I hope they give him the mic, and I hope I hope they don't make it to like this thing ends at like six fifty eight, and we don't have time to interview Robbie Lawler. Them. Like, let's let's talk. Let's let's give it a few minutes. Let's bring back Dana White and Joe Rogan yelling at us with like ten minutes left. Let's pack some extra space in at the end of the you know prelim, so in case Robbie needs to talk, just look. I know he doesn't talk a lot. I know he doesn't like to do media, but he's fucking retiring, and if he wins, if he's not unconscious, you know, if he's able to talk, you know, if he loses his decision, even he's earned that. You know, let's do it properly. Let's have him take off the gloves. Let's. And Dana White loves Robbie Lawler. We've known this for a long time. Sure, He's so the happy. company was kind of built off of yeah. him. Yeah, it's. Not, I don't think it's great when Dana plays favorites, but you know how much he likes Robbie Lawler. It's you know, he says that. Like, and I think like you know, let's do right by him on the way out the door here. Um, all right, Bo Nickel, Tre'Shaun Gore. Um, we all know what Bo Nickel is. He's just. He's one of those dudes, we think. We don't know. We think. But he's 27 years old. He's 4-0. He's fighting dudes. This is the problem. He's fighting dudes who he should be fighting when you're 3-0 and 4-0. Problem Mm. is, he's not just 3-0 and 4-0. He's a fucking super prospect. Now, do I want someone to make him kickbox with them for 15 minutes? I do. Do I think Treshawn Gore is that guy? I do not. Treshawn Gore is a very, very big underdog. Um, I just lost it. Minus fourteen hundred. Yeah, minus fourteen hundred favorite for Bo Nickel. Plus seven seven five for Treashon Gore. I mean, Bob, I got Bo Nickel getting this done by done in probably a round or two at most, two rounds at most. I don't. I'm. I Treashon Gore was on the countdown show. I'm like, why are we doing this? Like, I did was well, because they didn't want to just show Bo Nickel. I'm sure, but like, I don't know, man. Maybe he wins. I just don't see it happening. Mike, who do you got?
0: yeah i'm gonna be picking bo nickel as well um hey you know bet 10 bucks
1: on gore you know maybe you'll you'll luck out dude i'm gonna waste my 10 bucks on the 10 on the guy fighting madalena who put a guy to the cage that's what i'm going with okay if i'm gonna make a dumb pick on a huge underdog it's gonna be that one mark what do you got yeah i mean nickel
2: this is kind of a showcase i mean hopefully he gets tested and we we we're able to see more of his skill set but like as of right now we know that he's extremely talented he could wrestle he can strike um we kind of need a better measuring stick and nothing against gore you know th- maybe he's the one to, to bring him out a little bit and to get into the second round or something or and test him out a little bit but ultimately that's where we're kind of at with a prospect like this like we need to see him tested we need to see him against someone that we can kind of measure the rest of the division with and not other guys in the realm of having you know less than 10 fights you know at this point even though it would be you know you could see as a bit of a mismatch like he should be fighting someone with well over ten fights, like maybe someone who's like nine and one or eleven and two or something, like someone that has real experience that's gonna be able to, you know, assert themselves to some degree. Cause right now it's hard just on paper to feel like this opponent is is going to be able to push and we're gonna see really what Bo can do. I imagine he's gonna slice right through him and it's gonna be another, you know, interesting, I- impressive performance, but ultimately we're gonna be here next week at the same place we are now, where it's like this guy's really good. I don't know how good he is because he hasn't been tested.
1: Let me tell you, man. As I think both title fights might go to the distance, I would hope this one doesn't go long. Just putting that yeah, out there. I would be, I'd be surprised,
2: it, it, but almost pleased too. I'd like to see some cage time, unless he's stalling, unless he's just. Well, kind I, of I don't want, I don't, like, I don't want him
1: to falter. Where the guy was four and two, though, Mark. I want to, if I want, I want, to see him tested, but I'd like it to be like, give me a guy who, like, I know who they are. Like, if he's right. not being tested yeah. this early, I'm like, oh, we're a long ways away. Like, um. Alright, um, this one sleeper. I think this is going to be a great fight. Dan yeah. Hangman Hooker, Jalen Tarantula Turner. Um, not just a nickname, I think the man used to own dozens and dozens of tarantulas. Um, Weird. Betting line, plus 250 for the Aussie, and minus 250 for Mr. Turner. Mike, what you got here, brother? God, Turner's got a long-ass reach. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> Fun fact, Tarantulas not venomous. I'll be picking Turner. I knew that, actually. My friend's uh, mom was a science teacher. She had, he had a couple of tarantulas in his house. Right, um, also had a snake and cockroaches. Animals? Summertime was interesting. Nah. It was like a yeah. some sort of the de- forgot what kind of snake it was. Um, nice snake, though. Um, I got... I I don't want to go out there and say Dan Hooker's done. Not that he's done. The, I think we're past the point where I get, you think Dan Hooker is that he's going to sniff the title picture. And I know it's rough to say about a guy whose losses recently are, you know, fucking Islam Makhachev and Arnold Allen. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't like this matchup for him. I think the UFC thinks really highly of Jalen Turner. I think for a reason. I think Jalen Turner is about to be very good, and um, I don't think this is going to go over for Dan. So I got, I got, I got Jalen Turner to take care of business here. I honestly think he's going to finish him because uh, Jalen Turner finishes fights. All of his wins are by finish. So um, him choking Dan right there on the table, uh, especially with, you know, he's got three knockout losses, three submission losses. Dan can lose a lot of different ways, but we're approaching Cowboy Cerrone levels with Dan Hooker, I think, in his fighting career in the UFC. Mark, what do you got? Yeah, I mean,
2: I I feel bad because I, I it feels like a lot of me is picking against Dan and it doesn't even feel fair because you do look at his losses. Like, well, these are all like fucking contenders. <laughs> these are all dudes that have fought for belts or. Beat M- Marcus, champions. I apologize. Did you
1: watch his last fight? Do you remember his last fight?
2: Um, I mean, I think I watched it. It was in New York.
1: It was yeah. Like his, Mike, were uh, there? The other guy didn't want to fight, so it was very hard to get an idea of what Dan Hooker. Okay, the guy kept trying okay, to pull like guard and stuff. That was. It was very hard I'm glad to get. Remember the me. fight, Mike? We're just like, what the hell is Pouye is doing? He just kind of like kept trying to pull guard. It's very strange. Oh, okay, right.
0: don't, don't quite remember it. Yeah. No,
2: Marco, I don't. And I and I have been impressed with Turner. Um, and I think his last fight with Gamrot, you know, I losing a split to Gamrot, I think is impressive. Oh, I in thought he won. Self-play. I had
1: money on Gamrot. I was terrified when I went to this Again, like, <laughs>
2: these are, there's so many fights. It's hard to remember just like how close they were and stuff. But just j- just that fact there is enough to be like, okay. And I've seen him in other fights where he looked really good. So I, I am going with Jalen Turner, but like you, Bobby, when I saw this fight, I was like, I like this. There's a lot of things I like about this fight, how they're both lengthy, uh, lightweight fighters, where they are in their career, because it hasn't been a squeaky road. You know, um, obviously, Turner has, you know, he's coming off of, uh, you know, winning five of six. He did lose his last fight against Gamart, which was apparently very close. Um, and Dan, it's been tough because we saw him move down a weight class, right? He was trying to, like, revitalize his career because things weren't going super well at lightweight. But at the same time, he was fighting... You know, killers up there in one of the you know most talent-rich divisions, so it is hard to be super critical of him. Um, But I've I've been really impressed with Turner, so I'm going with Turner too. But this is this is one of those fights where in the middle of a pay-per-view, it's kind of like this is good. This is one that maybe doesn't have the most star power, but like this is a perfectly constructed card.
1: This main event card is perfectly contract. I mean, personally, I would like to see Robbie Lawler in the main card, but I also think if he loses, it's going to be a very sad way to start the main card. So. I understand what we're doing with Bowie. You Nickel. should switch Nichols in in Robbie Well, remember, I remember, Cl- uh, was it? Was it? Who was it? Where? Uh, no, it's the not Nichols. It was the other. The, the, the fucking sixteen-year-old. Look, he looks like he's sixteen. I don't know how old. Eighteen-year-old. Yeah, I can't remember his. Well, Cliff Curtis is prospect. like? They put a fucking child on the main card ahead of me, right. and then the child got his ass whooped by Christian Rodriguez. Um. All right, things are getting serious here. Um. Oh wait, no, you might already pick Turner. I apologize. Um. All right. Mm. du Duplessis. A man we're referring to as DDP, I am not on board with this necessarily. Okay, <laughs> fair. Because there's
0: the only fucking, one DDP. There's
1: only one fucking DDP. Before the RKO, Diamond Dallas Page was hitting that fucking cutter from everywhere. Yo, you want to enjoy your time? You go look up the Macho Man versus Diamond Dallas Page feud. It was great. Um. Anyway, Drikus is coming into this fight, doing his best for us all to be as uncomfortable as possible with this weird shit talk he's doing with Izzy Adesanya, which has worked. Um, those of you who have missed it, he claims that Izzy is not a real African champion because Izzy was not born there. Is what we're going with? Was he not born there? He didn't yeah. live there. What no, he was. About it? I forgot what we're complaining. Uh, he left. Is what we're. Yeah,
0: I think that I think that's what it was. He was complaining that like him, Usman and Enganu, they don't train out of Africa.
1: Yes, the man had the audacity to leave Africa and. This gentleman from South Africa is here to tell us what a real African is, and I they, am not- uh,
0: Just just, just, just editorialize, just a wee bit, the white South African is like, I don't understand what's the problem with you guys. It's
1: great down here for me. Okay. Anyway. I don't know how long the Duplessis family has been in South Africa. I don't want to pass judgment on anything there.
0: They've definitely called people Kaffirs before.
1: Okay. So I- Thank you, Mike. I don't- Look- I don't know why they booked this fight. I've talked about this because I don't think there's enough people for Izzy to fight to begin with. And you got people, and I don't think Mark's I was I was telling Mark the second flight was closer with Robbie Knuckles and Izzy and all that stuff, but Mark's position is perfectly valid where we already saw these two motherfuckers fight twice. Okay? Two times. And I'm he's right. And quite frankly, they blatantly said the winner of this fight's getting a title shot, which I don't believe. Because a small part of me thinks Sean Strickland's getting a title shot. Um, especially with how fast he won and the fact that Izzy wants to fight in September. You know, just all these things make me think. We might see Sean Strickland fighting there, but I don't... I Part of me is like, if Drickus loses, I can avoid, having, avoid what will be a very uncomfortable fight buildup because part of me thinks the UFC would not play up the weird race thing that was going to happen in this thing, but this is the same company that... Fucking put the dolly instead spend a whole time promoting a fight behind the fucking assault Connor did on a dolly, with the dolly thing, like they really have no bottom in terms of how they'll promote a fight. Um, this is a terrible matchup for Plusie. Duplucy. de Plusie does not play defense. He does not block anything. Okay, he right he gets tired in the middle of fights. He turns them into firefights, and the dude is. I'll say this about him, and I'm I'm saying a lot of negative stuff here, but dude's bout it, bout it, okay. To take it back to '96, like Drakus is here to throw fucking down, okay. He is here to throw down, and Dude, there's an issue with that though. He may not get that far. <laughs> He's going to be <laughs> asleep, is what I'm thinking. Okay, I don't know. I I don't think there's a way he wins this fight without some like. I know, like, every strike's on purpose. And, like, sure, he could clip Bobby Knuckles and maybe Bobby Knuckles' chin finally goes because he's been knocked out by Izzy. He had those fights with Yoel and stuff. But he is so good. Like, Bobby Knuckles is such a good fighter. He was champion for a reason, okay? It took a generational talent in Izzy Adesanya to beat him. And beat him quick. And then, Izzy, and then he came back and almost beat Izzy. Okay, he won two rounds in that rematch. So... I legitimately have no fucking idea how Drikus Dublis is going to win this fight. And if the UFC is struggling to get contenders for Izzy Adesanya, I don't know why they booked this. So yeah, I would not be surprised if he's asleep at the end of this. At minimum, he's getting boxed up for 15 minutes, okay? He's going to be attacked to the body. He does not block body shots for shit, okay? Again, Drakus gets in these fucking wild-ass brawls. I think he's lucky that Darren Till's gas tank is somehow worse than his. Okay, I don't remember the Darren, Br- Derek Brunson fight on any level, Mark. Do you? I'm picking. Obviously, I'm picking Bobby Knuckles. I don't. I don't pick against Bobby Knuckles. Just write this down. I'm not picking Bobby against Bobby Knuckles unless he fights Izzy Adesanya. That's the way it is. Mark, do you remember anything about this guy fighting Derek Brunson?
2: No. I mean, honestly, I, I I've seen. DDP. I'm going to say that because I don't even want to tempt yeah. his name. That, 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 that's why they call him DDP. It's yeah. for people like me who are like, look, we don't want to embarrass yeah.
1: Yeah. Your, Just you. Call you him know, you butchering this
2: dude's <laughs> name. Drickus. Yeah. Okay. That's good. Drickus. Um. I mean, honestly, like I've seen him fight, but like it doesn't really. I, I mean, like you said, Bobby. I think when you said like he's bowed about it, it. Like that's kind of where I remember. Like yeah. he's very aggressive he kind of over asserts himself and is able to kind of like just push his will on guys and break them. And, and I think you're absolutely right where Robert Whitaker is way too seasoned. He's really good, literally on his feet, like moving around, sticking the jab and, you know, being able to, to bloody his opponents and catch them slipping. So I, I do feel stylistically on paper, Robert Whitaker, like you said, Bobby, like outside of Izzy and then I think it would have been really fun to see him fight Alex. I think that would have been a really fun fight to have as mm-hmm. well. Um, I think he is one of the Obviously, the the best guys in this division, and even though like it doesn't excite me, you know, a third matchup seems as it, the most likely, at least when it comes to the talent and who deserves it. Because yeah, you look at Robert Whitaker and what he's accomplished and how he's been able to maintain on top. You know, he did lose to Izzy in that second fight, but he, you know, he's been able to. He beat Vittori twelve and which, you know, two in this victory, weight class. Yeah, the the, the the you know he hasn't had a lot of fights since. Um, And this one doesn't, you know, really when I look at um, uh, Drickus, it's just like, well, he has a couple good wins here. You know, Brunson's not bad. Till's all right. Uh, Brad Tavares is like kind of a journeyman. You know, he's kind of a gatekeeper. You know, you have to get past those fights. But then outside of that, there's really not a lot to chew on here. So I do agree with you to some extent. Like, why is he getting this position where it's potentially a a title eliminator fight here? That being said, if he's able to beat Robert Whitaker that's extremely impressive right and then i think that does kind of change the whole script um it's really hard to see that happening you know i think there's a reason why the line is as big as it is um this is a huge opportunity for him he's gonna have to make something special like you said some kind of miracle would almost seem to happen here because on paper it seems like this is a a, a difficult matchup for him mike
0: so far uh, we are all going for the same people hopefully we uh we got a little uh little divergence
1: in the, in the last two picks um i think the co is the only chance of that um you have anything to say man about this fight
0: the only thing i really have to say i think that robert should have this one in the bag pretty easily the only thing i have to say about this fight it's a lament about a possible title shot um, a championship fight against Izzy that would have had some caked in story already. Like, I would have liked to have seen African versus the fake African fight.
1: So you're, you, you want to see been this? Nice. Dude, it so I wanted to see that, yeah. I would have been so uncomfortable with it, man. I don't know. I get why Izzy's but, pissed. We talked about it on the I, show. You and me talked about like how offended we would be if somebody told you you weren't a real Dominican. Like, yep. how pissed you would be. And you weren't born there. I wasn't born in Iran, but if you told me I was a fake Iranian, we're going to have a problem. And I get like Izzy, by the way. Oh my God, Izzy would knock this dude out. Like, oh my God, Izzy would knock this dude out. Like, as bad as I think Robbie Knuckles would knock him out, Mike. Oh, Izzy, Izzy would, Izzy would just wait for him to take four steps forward, hit him. Like it would be like Anderson Silva and Forrest Griffin. It'd be one of those. Yeah, you know. Like I,
0: I've always hated it when, um, some people will ridicule, let's say, a, a different group. Well, people in their own group actually, uh maybe because they just don't speak that language anymore. Maybe they're three generations or two generations in where their parents, for example, spoke English. Uh, you see that a lot with uh, second-generation uh, Latinos now, um, particularly you see like with a lot of Puerto Ricans, for example, here in, in New York, where you know they've been emigrating over here since like the 30s or the 40s. So it may have been like their grandmother or like great-grandparents that emigrated over here. So, like, them kids know fuck all when it comes to Spanish. And, you know, like, people give them shit about that. Oh, like, you're not a real Italian or, like, or you're not a real Puerto Rican or things like that. Like, no, fuck you. You know, like, still so, like,
1: my blood is still from there and Izzy's blood is still from there. You're muted, Bobby. There's so many people I don't like in this sport. <laughs> <laughs> and I get, look, it's working. This guy does not deserve a title shot. If he does, if he wins, it almost worked. He almost got a title shot without having to fight Robert Whitaker. It almost worked. But, anyway. Can't get past the gatekeeper. Exactly. All right. Co-main event. I think I sent it to Mike. I might have sent it to you, Mike, where I said we're going to look like big dumb dipshits if all three of us pick Brandon Moreno and he loses a third fight to this fucking guy. Um, you look up Alexander, look up Brandon Moreno's record. It shows that he's got zero losses by, zero losses by stoppage. That is accurate. However, if you look up his exhibition record, the man has got, he got tapped out. And he got tapped out by Alexandra Portpantoja. And they fought again in 2000, and I can't find it. Uh, 2018. 18. Beat him again. That was a long time ago. Beat him again. Quite frankly, the only person that Brandon Marino has lost to since then is Davis and Figueroa. Um... Marcus, I'm not sure you remember Pantoja. Um is kind of how we both discovered Figueroa, even, because they both they were fighting each other. Mm-hmm. And I remember, I was watching the fight for some reason. I was like, I remember it was like an early card or something. And I remember thinking, like, this fight rules. These guys are both so good. And I think I messaged you and I'm like, I, maybe we talked in the show. I was like, Mark, check out this fight. And then you saw it, and you're like, wow, they're both Flyway's got some young talent. Pantoja's been waiting a long time for this title shot, guys. While while we had the four way, the four guy fight and the, forward, the the quadrilogy, and you know, Kai Kara Francis is the one who snuck in in the middle there. Pantoja's understandably wants this; t- uh, thinks he's gonna be champion Saturday night. Um, I watched the countdown show. He's like, "Yeah, I saw Brandon after the fight. I thought he was scared of me." And they show the clip, and it's just like Brandon's like, "You're next. You're next." And then <laughs> um, Pantoja's like, "When? When?" And Brandon's like, "I, I just won. <laughs> like, I just won ten minutes ago." Um, betting line for this one: Brandon Moreno. Minus 200. Pantoja plus 165. I'm gonna be one of those dipshits. I got Brandon Moreno. I think Brandon Moreno's gotten so good in this, in the in the four fights, plus the Kaikara France. Those, these five fight stretch with Brandon Moreno, man is really c- grown up, I think, would be a good description. Um, in terms of both his game and his, how he handles fights. And he just seems like he's just fighting with complete confidence right now. And... I think when a guy who's lost to another guy, I think it's a lot of. I think honestly, it's it's more difficult for Pantoja to not think he's fighting the same guy again, and like what he has to make adjustments. What adjustments does he have to make? Because it's already worked two times on this guy the stuff he does do. Brandon's a very different guy, man. Brandon's wrestles more. Brandon's out there training with uh, Safe Said. Brandon's got his own gym going there. I mean, personally, I think Brandon should take this dude down. I think Brandon takes him down tries to work for a submission, but I I got Moreno getting it done here. I mean, uh, it's just, again, three times fighting a guy, third time you beat him, twice. I feel like this is almost like the Izzy fight, Izzy Pereira the first one, where I'm like, yeah, he's got it. He's lost to this guy twice, but he's got it. Yeah, I got Brandon Moreno. He's lost twice to this guy, but he's fucking got it. Mike, what do you got?
0: (laughs) In fairness to all of us who picked Izzy, he,
1: he was winning a lot of that first, well, four rounds a lot of that third fight <laughs> yeah um, <laughs> everything until i turned to you and said man Pereira released really the to go for it in this fifth round <laughs> i feel like you he
0: heard you man yeah. um i'm gonna be a fool with you right there bobby um i'm gonna go with moreno dude i as, can't catch up as, if we have the as same well? place every time <laughs> well you know what this isn't a matter of like i'm just trying to you know just keep you at, at bay It's uh, this is just what i believe um it's been a fair number of years um I think that Moreno has gotten a lot better from when he came into the UFC. Hell, he's just gotten a lot better in the last 2 years. Um I think that his confidence level is just astronomical at the moment. Um I know this is a while back now, but in his first fight against Figueiredo, you could tell that, you know, he thought he could win, but it wasn't until, like, the next fight where, you know, like, you really saw, I think, a lot of, you know, surety in his movement, and that's only increased since since that fight. Um, not to say Pantoja isn't going to be a very tough fight for him. I mean, he has beaten him twice. Uh, we could be having a situation here where some people just have your number. I don't think that's the case. I think Moreno has improved a lot more than Pantoja has since that fight. What was that like seven years ago now? Or that was it? Twenty sixteen. It
1: was twenty eighteen. Sorry, five years ago.
0: Oh, twenty eighteen. All right. Either way, still has a lot of fucking um, time.
1: Either way, it's still
0: a lot of time, especially in a fight in a in a fighter's life. Um, Brandon Moreno's what twenty nine now? Yeah. Brandon Moreno's 29 now, so Pantoja got him as a pup at like 24, 23 years old. So, completely different fighter, I think. At this point, I'm having Moreno. Well, I'm not going to go crazy. I'm going to say he's got it in a decision.
1: I think it's going putting aside the pick, I think it be a very good fight. I mean, Brandon Moreno doesn't seem to have bad fights anyway. This card has got a lot. of, On paper, I don't see a lot of stinkers. Stinkers here, just so far. You know, I'm sure I jinxed it. Marcus, are you going to be the one to say that he's going to get it done? Sure.
2: I don't care. I'll I'll, I'll switch it up. I... I I've done this in the past. These are usually the, the
1: mistakes. Well, don't do it if you don't I do I just lose. for doing it. You have to believe it on some level, bro.
2: Come on. I don't. I, I, I will. You know. And honestly, it's just it's it's no fun. We all pick the same fights. Come on, especially when it's this close, because we will look like freaking idiots. And we're and, and you know Hooker's gonna win. There's gonna be two other fights on here that we just blow, and we're, oh, then yeah. we're gonna look fucking like fucking Trayshawn Gore is gonna hit
1: like a cartwheel kick on Bo Nickel, and we're gonna look like dipshits. So it's gonna happen yeah. right there. Um, but, like I, I think a lot, I mean, I, I understand
2: why you guys are both picking Brandon. I mean, I think there's a lot of reasons. I mean, his improvements, I think his quadruple fight with Figueroa, I think that shows a lot of maturity, class growth um as a fighter and as a, as a person. And, like Mike said, you know, so much of this fight game is mental. And to see him not just like become the champion, but like really embody that, like he truly believes he is the best. and and it's hard to deny that when you when someone has that kind of confidence and that really goes far. And I do agree with you, Bob, like it is hard for someone who has already defeated him twice to think about like, well, you know, I'm, I'm I've been able to best this guy twice. I was able to finish him before. Like, what do I what should I really work on? What needs to improve to get the same result I've gotten before? It, it is a difficult um, adjustment to make. Um, Panjojo, though, is a very talented guy, and I think it is going to be in the grappling that he could potentially do some things here. I think Brandon's standup is fantastic. Um I'd also be kidding myself if it's like I've been following Pantoja super closely. His last couple fights, he's gotten finishes over really good guys, Brandon uh, Royville. I'm a big fan of uh, Manuel Cape. who was a a Ryzen champion. I think that was a a big win, even though he hasn't really asserted himself super well in the UFC and uh, the Alex Perez fight. I vaguely remember him kind of just like walking right through him. So I think Alex is an extremely talented guy and, normally in a, in a situation like this, you think he would have the the mental kind of head games, you know, to, to be the mentally strong one since he won. But like, I do feel like that's an area that Brandon has really been able to mature on. So again, like it's just like, it's such a fun fight. And again, we've talked about it so many times. I'm so glad that Brandon's not only gotten out of the, the Figueroa, tra- not trap, but like they, they were just fighting each other so much. And those fights were awesome and great. And they delivered, um, but it's nice to see that like there's these other storylines in this division that has been lacking for so long, for just you know, stories really for just because it was just like Mighty Mouse dominated, and then we had the, these new uh, upcomers that just kept fighting each other again and again. So to have them have some new fights and to have this kind of like story, I think, is really interesting. Um, I'm I'm obviously pulling for Brandon. I just like the guy, um, as a person. And I feel like if he if he wins this one, that'll be a huge lift off his shoulders. Cause on some degree, he has to know this guy's kind of been a boogeyman. He's kind of been the guy that's, you know, had a couple wins on him and has been hovering around looking for that shot. So I'm sure he's anxious to get in there, assert himself, and really say, like, no, I am the best and this is why, because I've improved.
1: Man, for me at least, I worry with like Brandon fought when Brandon fights and I'm just like picking him. I do think the fact that like there's so many I watch this sport, and I think you're the same thing as me, as, as me and I think Mike is too. We all are. We're ultimately, barring a few very specific people, I don't care who wins. Like, more than anything else, I'd rather the fight be good. Like, there's— Sure. I mean, not that I don't care entirely. I mean, I'd lean a certain way, obviously. People are fucking assholes and stuff. But, like, more than anything else, I'd rather the fight be good than this specific person win.
2: You know, yeah. I don't try to emotionally get too involved because it hurts. Well, it's not. It's, <laughs> it's also like, like I don't that's like why I then. watch. Like,
1: that's why like you don't watch team sports, Well, Mike and I do. Other yeah, sports, yeah. Like we watch. Mm-hmm, right. We watch. Mike watches the Mets, and when the Mets fucking lose, it sucks. And I watch the Giants, and when they right. lose, it fucking sucks because you have an emotional attachment. I don't, I don't, it it, it brings if more elevation
2: good. Good. to it. I don't right. care if the baseball just, game is. You good. want to see them succeed, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. Mike. Best yeah. case scenario, the Mets score forty-five fucking runs, and you can just sit there eating a hot dog, and I'll give a fuck, right? Like, uh, yeah, I. Look,
0: I don't care how the Mets win, as long as they win. I don't care if it's like a a, a two to one game yeah. and it was boring as hell. As long as the Mets win, I would rather that than it was just a home run derby and the Mets lose it at the end.
1: People who like, right. like people, yeah, but like, so like this sport is different in that I'm just like, hey man, I just want this to be good. I like the, I like the actual competition is why I'm watching it. But you know, there's a like, rare exceptions like I want Nate Diaz to win the fight. You know, period. I want Nate to win. That being said, if Nate's gonna win a fight, good chance it wasn't boring anyway. And I think with Brandon might be one of those guys for me because we've all learned how shitty people are in general. I mean, social media has made it very clear to find out who's a shitty person. And since around 2015, going so honestly, since about 08, you know, people have not really hid their general fucked up opinions. Seem to coincide pretty nicely with electing a black dude as president. Not sure how that worked out, but that seemed to be where it started. Um, so when there's someone who does seem like he's like. Look, people are complicated. I think I'm a good person, but fuck, I'm an asshole sometimes. Brandon comes off as a good person, genuinely. He comes off as a good person. Like Dustin Poirier comes off as a good person. There are people in this sport who come off as a good person when there's so many who don't come off as good people. And yeah, I mean, do I want Brandon to win so much that this is a stinker and I'm okay with it? No, because I do actually like Pantoja too. <laughs> he's a good fighter. But yeah, he's, I don't know. He seems like a good dude. Mark said it. He seems like a good guy, you know? Like his his when he won the title and he grabbed he was on the microphone and he goes, I'm so fucking happy! He's screaming it, that was awesome. That was an all time moment for me. Um, but yeah, we got a little bit of variety in our picks here, though. At least.
2: You're welcome.
1: Yeah, I know. And variety is the spice of life. UFC can have another champion that they just have no idea who the fuck he was until last week, for sure.
2: Dana yeah, White couldn't. Would, Dana White put so this, this motherfucker <laughs> in a lineup.
1: Um, main event. Alex Volkanovsky, Yair Rodriguez. Alex Volkanovsky had the rare, had a very special fight, folks, where he lost the fight, but came out of it better than he did going into it. And I'm pretty sure he still might be ranked number one pound for pound on a lot of people's lists because it was really a fight where it felt like a lot of people were just like, okay, if they were the same size, he definitely would have won that shit. Um, Not saying that's accurate. It was a lot of people's feelings. Yair Rodriguez on that same card um, just beat up Josh Emmett. Took that title in about seven minutes, I want to say. Off the top of my head, I don't remember, actually. I'm uh, checking right now. Um, Nine minutes. Took him out in nine minutes. Um, Alex, again, coming off of that loss to Islam, his first loss in fucking ten years. Um, Betting line is crazy, though, for this one. I... I think this is an insane betting line. Minus 400 to plus 300 for Yair Rodriguez. It's comparable to the line that Robert Whitaker is, has for fighting Drikus Diplussi. I think Yair has a way better chance than dricus does. Because the weird shit Drikus needs to win the fight against uh, Robert Whitaker, uh, Yair does that stuff all the time. Yair's got like five knockouts pulling weird shit out of his ass. Um... He's also, I think the I think the line is being affected by just how much I don't do do you think people didn't know Alex Volkanovsky was this good? Honest question. Is that what happened? I
0: can't believe that's the case.
1: Because he beat Malik Holloway three fucking times. Like maybe he wasn't getting his flowers, but like his line here like I'm trying to look. He has I mean, he has not faced a he has not had a line like this since like his U like his third UFC fight like I don't I don't get it. I don't get I don't I mean people I think people have a maybe you know we talk about it Mark where like people have an opinion of a guy and it's hard to change it. And you are know, you got into the UFC so young and we saw the warts. You know, we saw it go bad a couple times. We saw him like fucking blatantly eye poke was it uh Jeremy Stevens and then like get real shitty with the announcers right after. And that was almost like a turning point for him. And then he like I don't know. Yair is way better. than people are giving him a shot here, man. He gave he gave Max everything Max could handle, you know, back in twenty twenty one. I got Alex here, but like, I hope he he's got to mind his p's and q's because Alex got dropped by um, fucking was it Frankie who dro- who was the one that dropped Alex? Did Ortega dropped Alex? Right? Ortega dropped him. I think so. I think Aldo dropped I remember. him. Maybe he's got he's been dropped is what I'm getting at here, and Yair when he drops people that tends to be the end of the fight. He's a sniper, so I know I just talked up Yair all this bit here, Um, but I think I am not picking. I picked Alex Wilkanovsky to beat Islam Mahachev for God's sake. I'm 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 picking him to win this. Like I, this weight class he doesn't lose fights. But yeah, I think I think I mean Mark, what do you think? I think Yair's a live dog here, man. Really do. <laughs> yeah i mean at the end of the day it it is i think very
2: difficult to pick against alex because he's been so dominant and like you said even going up to 155 and and fighting islam who's another like stylistically i thought was a very difficult fight for him and he was able to assert himself really well and and you know really kind of show the world that like you know you know maybe he did lose the fight but he's he's up that caliber of going up a weight class which a lot of 45ers and fighting for that belt where they held it like weren't willing to do you know max was and um, you know he fought dustin and lost but so i, I do agree i think alex is going to win this fight but i'm with you yeah year is a different type of beast than we've seen him fight before um because we've seen him fight good strikers he, he's fought max he's fought jose aldo but the way Yair strikes the way he sets up his strikes is very different and dynamic and it doesn't necessarily mean that like alex is going to fall for the traps because What Alex does so well is, like, he's a master of getting in and out of the pocket and picking those exchanges. It's going to be – and that's what personally makes this fight so intriguing is, like, how is Alex going to find those spots when Yair is so quick on his feet and is switching stances and is throwing kicks from the outside? It's going to be a very different look than a a Max Holloway who's more of a boxing style where he's going to be able to kind of pick his engagements. They're going to be close enough because Max doesn't use a lot of kicks from the outside. He doesn't use the same angles that Yair does. Um, so the stand-up exchanges I think are going to be extremely interesting, let alone if this gets into grappling because Alex is a really strong wrestler. He has a great top game. He can really smash on top when he wants to. Yeah. Year is very tricky off his back and can catch people on submissions can catch him with up kicks. Um, I do think in those exchanges, Alex could be a little bit stronger. We could see him try to utilize some grappling and wrestling in this fight to kind of nullify some of the the footwork it's on paper. It's, it's extremely um, intriguing. I get why the line's so big because when you have a a champion as dominant as Alex has been for so long, um, it is hard to kind of shake that. And then, like you said, Bobby, like, yeah, year has had some fights where even where he won like against Korean zombie, it wasn't a super great fight for him. He was getting kind of tuned up. He kind of pulled it out of the fire with an, an insane ending strike. Right. And that's kind of that X factor is another thing. That's like, well, how does anyone, including Alex or Korean Zombie, anticipate someone ducking a punch and throwing an up elbow? It's never been done before. It's never caught any – like I've never seen that strike. I've never seen it hit somebody so flush and finish a fight like that. That kind of creativity can cause havoc if he's able to score or something like that, right? But the thing with Alex is that he's so tactical and he's so measured in how he's going to enter the pocket, what combinations he's going to throw in, and then how he's going to exit out without getting hit um it's it's really compelling it, this is a fantastic main event and it is kind of one of these things where this is what i want to see when there is like i wish we had someone like this at 185 you know not necessarily that fights like uh rodriguez but has these different wrinkles that makes me think like there's a chance like izzy's really good but alex Pereira has the power right like you need this kind of like this ever someone's gonna you
1: need some sort of trump card you need something you do right, better you for need sure
2: something where I believe, like there is some way for this guy to win, and I do think there's a way for Yair to win. I do think he has ext- a lot of power. He's very quick, and if he hurts him, like you said, Bobby, if he drops him and he gets that opportunity, he can finish the fight. Right? He can go into a submission and finish it there. Um, but Alex is so hard to to finish, too. Like, and that's that's what makes it so fun. Like, I, I could keep talking about the different. He, he honestly, here. I think
1: he's got to like. I think it's going to be. He's going to have to put a combination together that, like, I don't know. You know, those ones were like. It ends with a high kick where, it, like, maybe, like, you throw a right straight. I mean, I'm, you throw as a right, and then it, the right leg comes over the top almost. Like, one of those, I mean, like, it's got to be something like that. It's got to end with, like, a kick, or I think it's got to end with a kick for him to put him down. To be honest. Like, that's sure. what I'm thinking. It, like,
2: it'll need to be something where, like, it's masked, right? He's mm-hmm. not just going to throw out a head kick and, and land it on Alex, right? He's not just going to throw a flying knee. Mm-hmm. It needs to be set up. It needs to be set up with feints. It needs to be set up with footwork, switching stances. And these are all things that Yair does really Dude, well. Dude, I am so,
1: fucking yeah. stoked for a minus 400 versus a plus 300 fight. I'm be honest with you. I am very excited for a fight that's supposed to be extremely one-sided. On right. Paper. I mean, at like, this it's division, wild.
2: This guy, like that line isn't as big as it normally is so it's 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 compelling it's, it's it's fun this is a great main event
1: i wonder if he's done after this i wonder if he wins and he goes up honestly oh that's what you know do you think he i think i think he might go up man i don't know i just like i know we're talking about Oliveira versus islam too but like fucking alex got a way closer fight than uh olivera did olivera got put hey, out man. immediately
0: no, if he commits fully to being at one fifty-five, maybe maybe it's a different sale.
1: You know what'd be interesting? I mean, I don't know. We're talking about the only the one that's what's interesting is that Al Jermaine Sterling said this is it. This last one against Sean O'Malley is his last fight at one thirty five. Which if he wins, I mean, I don't think he should just drop the belt. I think he should say, Give me a champ versus champ fight, right? Like that is that would be something for Alex to do, right? Like, if it, like, yeah. like I'm not saying... Like, this isn't us discounting Sean O'Malley's chances of winning. Um, granted, Mike and I are blatantly talking about the money money we're going to bet on Aljamain Sterling. But still, like, if Aljamain wins and Alex got nobody to fight... That sounds like a good fight to me. I know it's not nobody to fight. Like, Ilya Ptupori is coming. Um, Arnold Allen just lost. Is it Ilya? Ilya's the only one. Ilya's the number one contender. We talked about it, basically. Like, he's the next contender by default. I think, because everybody, yeah, I mean, not, you're not going to book Max against Alex a fourth time. So, granted, all this changes if Yair wins. If Yair wins, Alex gets a rematch, and yada yada yada. But I don't know. I think Aljamain Sterling versus Alex uh, Volkanovski is something we need to uh, all consider the possibility of it happening. And that would be interesting. That'd be
2: cool. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. We, I, I, there's a whole long, long list of people I want to see Aljamain fight at 145. Though that list starts with Brian Ortega. Uh,
0: yeah. Mark, you <laughs> picked the
1: uh, Alex, or you picked the. Uh... He's got
0: Andrew Alex. Uh-huh. Yeah, Alex, yeah. All right. So we're sweeping that one as well.
1: Yeah. Okay. The only thing we differed on is Mark having some balls and picking the guy who beat the other guy twice. Every time we do this stuff like this, I always think about the time we all picked against Jose Aldo when he fought Frankie Edgar the second time. That's the one that sticks with us always. I'm like, we saw the first one. <laughs> like he beat him. <laughs> um all right. We're we'll do stuff we like. It's gonna be quick, though. I thought we try mm-hmm. to keep it quick. Um For me, um, Mike, I'm going to talk about the video game next week because I want you to play some more also and we can both talk about it together and also because we have limited time anyway. Does that sound good to you?
0: Uh, Which video
1: game is this? You bought uh, AEW, right? Ah, yes, yes. Let's talk about that next week. Um, Sounds good. So real quick, uh, I I bought the Forbidden Door pay-per-view a few days after the fact, like a week after the fact almost because I wasn't able to watch it live. I love that fucking card. I love that I love that they do this. I love the first card when it was New Japan. Forbidden Door is the AEW New Japan Pro Wrestling crossover show. That is this was the second annual one. It's a term actually coined by uh Hiroshi Tanahashi, who said that, you know, hopefully they opened the a Forbidden Door and I can fight, you know, I think it was Jericho or something like that. And that's what they ended up naming the pay-per-view. AEW and New Japan have formed a very strong relationship. And uh we got to we get to see some cool shit, man, like fucking Okada. Okada's so good. Like, he's so good. And you know, he shows up in the US, and I don't know how many times he's fought in the US. Wrestled in the US, but he's a god. You know, Tanahashi's there. Fucking um Sonata, the IWGB champion wrestled, Jungle Boy. That was fun as hell. The 10 man with um What's the uh Stone Pitbull? What the fuck's his name? I forgot Stone Pitbull's actual name. Whatever. That were all in there. They had they sent a crew, man. They had a it was a good show. And um I mean, obviously, the real Forbidden Door was like, hey, we're going to do the crossover between WWE and all these other ones. And I remember as a kid, Mark, we always were just like, we're going to get WWE. Like, we wanted WWE versus WCW versus right. ECW, all that stuff. And then when the invasion happened, it turned out uh, they didn't want to pay all those other dudes who weren't under contract. Yeah, yeah. So we got we mostly got ECW against WWE. That was fun, you know. But, like, that's, you know. As I get it, like, look, and it's what people talk, like talk about MMA. Sometimes, if there was just one promotion with all the guys, we'd see all the fights we always wanted to. Sure, that'd be great. It's not so great for the combatants, or you know, in wrestling case, the wrestlers. So I really enjoyed the Forbidden Door concept. I liked the show. I think um, the fact that Danielson beat Okada by fucking submission um, means he's definitely going to Japan in January to work Wrestle Kingdom. And that is how you get me to pay 999 yen, New Japan. Brian Danielson versus Okada in the Tokyo Dome. Because you know we'll be like 45 minutes. Okay? It'll be like 45 minutes long. Danielson's bleeding for sure. Okada's going to drop on himself on his neck a few times. That's how you get me, New Japan. Well, that's if Danielson's back by then. Oh, I uh, heard he...
0: that injury is uh, worse than originally thought. Yeah, it's a
1: broken forearm. I mean, how bad could it be, Broken Forearm? It's not like it's a ligament. And um, Kenny Omega and Osprey put on one of the greatest wrestling matches I've ever seen in my life. Like, um, I might want to give Mark my Fight TV login for him to watch that because I know you like that stuff, um, and I bought it. so uh. I, I
2: was going to say, like, um, randomly, I did watch the highlights for this. Of this? And I, of Forbidden Door, yeah. right? And it was just highlight. Like, you need yeah. to see the finish of the matches and stuff like that. And, and I told you, Bobby, like, I could I, – it's one of these things, like, I know if I gave AEW a chance, I would probably like it, because I think the matches are really that good. And for me, it's kind of what it is. Like, I can't, at this stage in my life, like, the it's promos hard to follow stuff, weekly I weekly Right, like, it's just, like, the promos and stuff, I don't, I really don't care. But, like, I love a good pro wrestling match. Mm-hmm. And, like, watching watching the highlights of this event, it was like, man, this stuff is really, I do like, the few times I'd watch New Japan, it's just, like, the matches themselves how they're choreographed, how they're performed, all of that this stuff just really works for me. Because I do – there's still a part of me that really likes pro wrestling a lot. I just yeah. There's just something
1: about well, the athleticism think, honestly, and the buddy, storytelling. With wrestling, it's either you kind of like – I'm not sure if get it is the right word. But like you either appreciate it or you don't. And you yeah. do. You appreciate for what this art form is. Mm-hmm. I, I appreciate the the athleticism
2: of it. It it's kind of like the the building and the showmanship and the, and the the promos and stuff. Like, and I think some some guys do really good promos, and it can be very entertaining. And I absolutely see the appeal. But it, it's just one of these things where it's just like I have so many other fandoms and things I'm interested in. It's just easier to keep it at arm's length. But watching watching the highlights, I was like, man, these fights are really good. Kenny Omega. I mean, some of these guys are just so talented. Dude, and the fights are just so good that. Um, I, I could definitely see myself falling into a trap. so
1: maybe You know I'm what it like is? Sure Honestly, I think you would like New stuff. Japan more, but AEW's, in e- terms of the time difference, works out better for you. So I don't think sure. it's as much as you'd enjoy New Japan, but I, yeah, I mean, it's a wrestling style you'd appreciate. Kenny needs to not get dumped on his neck. I do not need to see Kenny Omega get dumped on his neck. Like, I don't need to see anybody get dumped on his neck, but Kenny, the match was good enough without you getting dumped on your neck there. That was a disgusting, disgusting, like, double underhook fucking, like, Driver, thing. did you see this? Did you see the highlight of this, Mike? Like on I, his neck. I haven't.
0: I haven't <laughs> seen Forbidden Door yet, but I did see on TikTok uh, him him just like land right on his yeah, neck. that, that was, was, was not that, that was, was not needed.
1: I'm like, dude, uh, we all want you to be okay at the end of this, man. I know wrestlers take care of themselves much better now than they did as like they're not they're not all fucking snorting rails and on painkiller addictions, but like, you, you only get a neck. You got one neck, man. Like one neck, bro. And, like, especially when Kenny was gone for so long with that whole story where, like, he's got vertigo in one of his shoulders. He can't lift one arm over this. And, like, Kenny, we all love you so much. Like, you're one of the greatest ever. Let's just, you know. And Osprey is so good. It was so good. It was such a good match. I, I love the whole concept. And I don't watch wrestling all the time every week. I'm mostly just, like, something's cool. I'll see the highlights more often than not. Though You know, Mike and I are talking about going to an uh, AEW show in september actually which would be fun um but yeah it was a good show and uh, we'll talk about the game next week which there are things i really liked and things i didn't like but i'm having a good time we'll talk about that next week though that's all i got this week though aew forbidden door don't just go on fucking daily motion i'm sure the matches are there um marcus what do you got this week
2: mm-hmm. yeah i'll keep it short um i got two games i'm still playing final fantasy 16 Really been impressed. Like I said, last week wasn't something that I was like super excited for. I wanted to try it out. Um, And the more I played it, I've been really enjoying the story. Combat's clicking a little bit more overall. It's just been a really good experience. Um, What I did want to talk a little bit more about was I kept hearing about this PSVR two game called a Pavlo, which is like kind of like a call of duty esque shooter. Um, That's supposed to be super realistic. And I finally gave it a shot over the weekend and I really enjoyed it. And I think, Really kind of its big appeal is how realistic it is handling the guns, how you have to reload the guns. And there's a little bit of a learning curve. It definitely took me a while to kind of like figure out like, okay, these are the controls I have to push to grab the gun and then put a clip in and then, you know, cock the gun. And then each gun has like a different mechanism to loading it. And that in and of itself is just kind of fun. Like, um, and then like how you aim and like the accuracy of having an offhand to steady the firearm, having to actually aim down the sights so it goes straight. Um, so getting that all that stuff, like the first time I played it, it was the learning curve was a little tough. It was kind of hard to aim. Um, I was playing against easy bots that were basically just like zombies walking forward shooting and I was just getting killed. And then the second time I played, like it started to click a little bit more. Like I'm able to reload and you really start feeling like in that mode of like, okay, like I'm in a firefight. I need to like duck behind this thing and reload the gun and have to cock the thing. And, and it, it was it's such a hard thing to describe accurately what it feels like to be in some of these VR games. Um, And I haven't played a ton of them that are shooter based. And this one had the appeal of it mostly being like a competitive multiplayer Call of Duty S game. Never really, appeals to me too much because I know I'm not going to be good and especially these first couple sessions but like once you start getting in the flow of like loading the gun and unloading it like it just feels really good it, like it's it's so hard to describe you just have to kind of like be able to experience it but I really enjoyed it I thought that was a really fun experience so I think if you have I think it's on MetaQuest and obviously PSVR it just came out for a uh, uh, Pavlo. one of those games that anytime I look at like these are the five PSVR games you should get like it's always on top of the list and rightfully so
1: all right, Mike, what do you got? Uh I don't have too
0: much. I started watching this show that has like two seasons on I'm actually not sure what channel it's on, but it stars um the black dude with the dreads who is in a wheelchair in uh on Oz. Uh Harold Harold something. Uh
1: you know who I'm talking about, right? I didn't watch Oz. Y'all watch Oz? No. no. <laughs> oh, I know it's a prison one. A lot of real rapey is my understanding. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. Well
2: that's also the word I got. <laughs> um
0: this guy, he basically played like the narrator for the show. Black dude in the wheelchair on Oz. You 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 Google that, you'll know who I'm talking about. But anyway, um it's this show called Brum. Um it's I've literally only watched one episode and Oh, it's Link Mike. My- Sorry, Link from the Matrix. Okay. Sure. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, the first episode it almost has vibes of that um that movie from uh, M Night Shyamalan where like people are just stuck in one particular town. Uh, except it seems for this one, it's more that there's some magic at play where people literally can't leave the town, and there's some vampire slash like zombie type creatures. That come out at night. And um, the story is basically like half of a horror horror story where people are just trying to survive. It seemed very interesting. Um, I can't wait to watch more episodes. Apparently my girlfriend couldn't wait either. Because we watched the first episode together. And then that traitor watched the next season. and The next season after that without me. It's all good. It's all good. I'm not upset at all. Um, wait, the name <laughs> of the show, say the name of the show. This from. This is on what exactly? I have no idea.
2: No idea. <laughs> no idea. Okay, It just appeared one day in front of Mike I can and find. gobbled it up. Epics. Oh, Ep- yeah, I guess okay. So. All right. Epics, Epics. and then go, that's season why, that's two. Why.
1: There's an MGM+. Plus. Guys, it's not too late. Everybody Who has MGM? Everybody, it's not too late. We can back away from this new reality. Okay, (laughs) we can back away from
0: this. (laughs) No, it's too late. Um, But I don't blame my girlfriend for binging the show. It does look really compelling. Um, I'll probably try to watch an episode or two of it, either tonight or tomorrow morning. So
1: that's all I got this week. Nice. I mean, you want to shit talk your girlfriend a little bit more? You know she doesn't listen. How she let you down here?
0: No, actually, she has been listening. um She she's made some comments over the last two weeks, to which my comment back was, "Oh, I thought you weren't listening anymore." She's like, "Yeah, no, I still listen every so often." Well, we, we to which then I said, "Ooh, it's now. a good Let's thing you didn't makes... listen." Yeah, to no, that she's one. not
1: making it this far. We're hour thirty-four into this thing. When um, she
0: said that, I actually joked with her. Ooh, it's a good thing you didn't listen to that one podcast a couple weeks ago. She's like, "What'd you say?" And I'm
1: like, "Oh, no, no, no."
0: You're going to have yeah. to go back and listen. So I'm not got, about to die to myself No, t- t- to be No archivist. timestamps
1: on our shit either. You <laughs> got to listen to the whole thing. All right, guys. Um, we thank you so much for uh, listening to the podcast. It's fun to do the podcast on weeks like this where there's a fight card to get excited about. Seems like it happens sure. really once a month when there's a pay-per-view. Um, be prepared for us to, mostly me at least, to complain about how truly shitty the one next weekend is. But this one's a good one, so let's enjoy it. It's International Fight Week. It's 4th of July when you're listening to this. Um, hope you guys have a great 4th. If you're working, sorry you're working. Um, if you're not working, you know, I don't know. Don't blow your you hand safe. off. Yeah, don't yeah, blow yeah. your hand off, man. If you got a dog, you know, watch out. It gets loud. A lot of pets get lost this time of year because of people blowing shit up and the animals get scared. So keep an eye out. Um, until next week, check out the show from, you know. Get MGM Plus or Epics or whatever. Anyway, um, anyway, I was Doctor Law. That was DJ Mark, and that was Lavender Gooms. Thank you all so much for listening. Peace out. you think Sean Circles tells the ladies you're on the edge, Lord? Mike, I caught the part earlier in the podcast where you're trying to make an edging joke, and I'm just like, I am not, I'm not, I'm not giving, I'm not selling this because the look on your face. I was just looking at you dead in your eyes on this thing, and I'm like. We are not making an edging joke on this podcast. This is not the pod, this is not that type of show.
0: <laughs> come on, come on.
1: Yeah, there was something like that. Jesus Christ. Alright, thanks for listening, everybody. Bye. Come again.